0: Warning the following might be a bit triggering to people who are sensitive to graphic violence strong language and sexual themes viewer discretion is advised All right hey hey my guys and gals whoever <laughs> I want to read this book I'm going to read this I'm going to read this fucking book eventually it is going to be done Let's do this Chapter 19, Jesse. Then. Wells! I peer, I peer out from the engine. I've been buried in all afternoon to see Miller approaching me. Mr. Petrova wants you at his house. Ooh. My face screws up. What for? I left him a full page list on Saturday night. I'm guessing some of that stuff will take weeks to get in shit did alex come clean with him a guy like victor would probably beat the hell out of her and then come after me i get no answer from miller slipping my phone out of my pocket i tap out uh a text to alex leaving greasy fingerprints on the screen oof v wants me to come over tonight Do you know if he got parts, question mark? I don't want to put much more in writing in case Victor ever snoops through her phone. That's that's actually kind of smart. I drop it into my breast pocket and stare at the engine I've been working on, wondering if I need to be worried while I wait. Ten minutes later, my phone vibrates. I hold my breath some boxes arrived today and he had them dropped in the garage thank fucking god i mutter hanging my head my chest suddenly lighter it shouldn't surprise me that the guy can get impossible it shouldn't surprise me that the guy can get impossible to find incredibly rare parts in less than 48 hours a second text comes in a moment later I won't say anything, I promise. Guilt swells for doubting her. I answer. I'll see you tonight, I guess? Question mark. It's a full minute before I get a response. I can't ever do that again. I was hurt and wanted to do something hurtful. It was wrong. I sigh and type out. I know. It's okay. It's not okay because it's only been seven hours since I left the hotel and I miss her because I already want her again and because I once believed that what happened between Alex and me was more than simply get her getting even mm. Oof. the Shelby sits in front of the garage when I pull up to Victor and Alex's house So this is Victor. Okay, hold on. It's Russian. The Russian accent. Jesse! (laughs) He exclaims, waving at me from the walkway. It's so unlike him. I wonder if he's drunk on a Monday at 6 p.m. I am glad Miller gave you my message. (laughs) So you got the parts already? (laughs) He smiles, a snake look, snake-like look, look. Connections, my friend. I'm not his friend, but what the fuck ever. <laughs> the sooner I'm done with this job, the better. I'm waiting on a full more, But you should have plenty to get started on. Now if you will please excuse me. It is time for me to enjoy one of my babies. It has been too long since I have taken her out. He cracks open the front door and bellows, Alexandria! (laughs) Shutting it, he strolls towards me. (sighs) My wife uh, hates going for rides without me. She complains that I drive too fast. It scares her. Oh, my wife hates going for rides with me. I think I said without me. My apologies. He climbs into the Shelby and cranks the engine, the sound of it coming to life, a thing of sheer beauty. I'm in the garage when I hear the front door close and the clicking of heels on concrete. Moments later, she appears in a cotton candy pink coat, black pants, and ridiculously high shoes. Just the sight of her back gets my blood roiling... Roiling, roiling, because I know what she looks like, what she feels like, what her skin smells like, under all that. Hurry up, Alexandria! Victor barks and her heels immediately click faster until she's practically running. That's probably why she drops her keys. She stoops to pick them up. Oh, oh, please. Okay. What what do we got? And her fat bottom lip stares at me? Huh. Like her lip stares at you? Okay. She oh oh she tried to cover it with makeup but it may as well have a spotlight on it well, that sucks that's not good fuck you got fuck you dude what's your what's his name <sighs> I walk to Aston Martin, gritting my teeth as rage boils inside me, ready to take a wrench to the car. I don't know how she got it, I remind myself, but I do know that she didn't have it when I left her in bed this morning. Oh, this the morning? Oh, shit. She'll probably lie to me anyway tell me she walked into a door or something, and regardless, I can't say a damn thing. It would probably only earn her a few more punches and cause me some definite problems. Yeah, don't fucking do that, my guy. Oh, shit, he's doing it. I, I, sorry. I skipped ahead. But let's see what happens. For one, I could kiss my job goodbye, given Victor's close connections with Rust. I'd also lose any chance of getting paid for the work I've done so far, not to mention my barracuda. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But I don't really care about me right now. Oh, oh no. A door slams and then the Shelby peels out of the driveway. An angry horn blast at the bottom makes me think Victor probably cut someone off as he jumped onto the road. If Alex doesn't like his driving, she's probably terrified right now. Fuck! He yells. I throw the wrench against the concrete floor. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, here we go. Why do you have a fat lip? Question mark. Victor and Alex came racing back up the driveway about an hour later, Alex's face as white as a blank page of paper. She ducked her head and ran inside. I didn't see her again to ask, but I have to know. Even if she gives me a lame answer, I'm beginning to think she's asleep when my phone dings. I let my phone die last night, and Victor couldn't get a hold of me got to be I want to launch my phone at the wall instead instead I type out he was worried about you so he hit you question mark bling no he wanted his pinstripe suit laid out for a breakfast meeting and he expected his wife to be home to do it for him A second text comes through quickly after. You can't say anything, Jesse. It won't end well for either of us. (laughs) Jesse, don't say anything. I'm gonna say some... Probably. I don't know, we'll see. Tossing my phone on the far end of the bed, I storm across the room, pushing Boone's door open. Do you know that the fucker beats his wife? Boone, on the floor in nothing but shorts, pauses mid crunch. He never misses his daily workout, even on days when he hits the gym. I've seen him come home from the bar annihilated and drop for a hundred reps. Who cares? What the fuck? Why are you telling us this? And he goes, Who? Your man crush, Victor Fuckhead Petrova. He flops to the floor and reaches back to give Licks a belly rub. Oh, is that the dog? The dog named Licks? You could explain about the dog. I don't know why you were explaining about him coming home annihilated and dropping for 100 reps. Jesus Christ. That wasn't necessary. Was that necessary? Am I an asshole? I keep asking that. I want to, I mean, I want to, I just, I want to get, I want to give this book back to Paige. Paige, I have no, you're probably not listening to any of this, obviously, but I want to give this book back to you and you'll probably ask me. So what'd you think? And I'm about halfway through and I wish I was done. That's about all I can say. But here we go. looks belly rub, uh, by the muscles straining against his abdomen, I'd say, oh god, what are we doing? I'd say Boone's already done most of his reps for tonight. Are you surprised? You saw him slap her at the bar. So, so what? You think that's okay? Well, of course I don't, but like, what the hell am I supposed to do? He scowls at me. You should have seen her lip tonight. Boone just stares at me. I throw my hands in the air. What? Nothing, man. I've just never seen you get heated about anyone before. You usually just don't give a fuck. He starts in on his crunches again. Why didn't she just leave him? She's 22, Boone. She thinks she's trapped. (laughs) Trapped with a whole lot of fancy shit. He puffs out. The guy treats her like a servant, and he hits her. She made a mistake marrying him. He pauses, resting on his elbows, regarding me with recognition in his eyes. Are you making an even bigger mistake? Because fucking with Victor Petrova's wife will not end well for you, my friend. He shakes his head, his mouth open like he's holding back from saying something. Just make sure it's worth it. I'm not doing anything with Alex. I lie. His brow pops up. She goes by Alex now? Alex, Alexandria, whatever. The point is. What is the point? Victor beats his wife and. What? The point is, I don't ever repeat any of this. The point is. I'm again. The point is, don't ever repeat any of this to Rust, or anyone else, because he will probably hurt her for it. Repeat what? I didn't hear shit. He rolls over onto his stomach for his push-ups. I head back to my room, slightly more calm, checking my phone, I see that Alex hasn't texted again, and I don't know how to respond to her just yet other than to say, call the police and leave the asshole. My gut tells me Victor would get off and Alex would pay for reporting him. Reaching over my head, I peel my shirt off, kicking off my jeans. I drop to the ground for my own set of push-ups. I have no specific rep number, though. I figure I'll just keep going until I can work this shit out in my head. I wake up at some point in the middle of the night, face down on the floor beside my bed, having pushed myself to exhaustion and having no answer. And I just want to say, I'm not making fun of people who are in, like, abusive relationships. That shit is fucked up. Absolutely fucked up. I just think it could be written better I don't know like there's a there's a often um you know a common debate is like is rape funny like are rape jokes funny and it's well it's complicated because I do think that somebody if told well and told in with a good conscience of like obviously I don't support this but Let's let's take away its power by laughing at it, you know? Cuz that's what it is. That's what comedy is. That's what laughing is. It's taking away the power of the stress over us. Please, people, laugh. We're on this earth to pursue happiness. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, I'll probably just read... Let's see, how long is this chapter? Because that was the end of chapter 19. Uh, It's about 10 pages. Yeah, okay, we can do 10 pages. I'm feeling pretty good. All right, so chapter 20, water, now. The old Chevy truck comes to a sputtering halt... On the now familiar dirt road. I check the dashboard. All needles point down. This isn't good. Oh, she she's driving? She shouldn't be driving. Who who let her drive? She, was she driving before? Oh, she was driving before. Hmm. But she's not a very good driver. <laughs> um... A glance in the rear-view mirror confirms that I'm alone. I'm not surprised. I'm about seven miles from home, surrounded by fields and trees. I rarely ever pass anyone out here. Oh my god. Oh my god, Jesse's gonna come help! Jesse's gonna come help! I, I love romance. <laughs> Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Reaching down, I turn the key to off and then try to crank the engine again. All I get in return is a clicking sound. I flop back against the bench with a heavy sigh. Jenny's truck is dead. And I've got the week's groceries sitting in the back. It's too far to carry them, especially with an arm that's slightly weak, although my leg has been better lately. I check my watch, a quarter after five, there's no way I can get home and get dinner in front of Ginny in time, and I can't even call her to warn her, because she doesn't have a phone. Thank God for neighbors. I dig my cell phone out and of my purse to call Amber. It isn't until I see the blank screen that I remember I forgot to charge it at work earlier. God damn you, Alex! Ah! Damn it! I cry out, slapping my steering wheel in frustration. I've been so good about plugging it in for the afternoon. Until today. Because today, all I could focus on was that low, hypnotic rhythm over the stereo system and the ball of anxiety sitting in my stomach. It's a clue. I know it. Interesting. I lied to Dakota. Um, I told her I loved trance. I pleaded with her to keep it playing all day, desperate for a bigger sliver of insight, a flashback, a clearer feeling, but all the incessant music did was grow that ball of dread bigger and stronger making it impossible to ignore and now i'm stuck on an old dirt road with a broken truck and no phone i rest my head on the worn steering wheel jenny's going to freak when she says she wants dinner at six o'clock sharp it's not just an expression It took me a few weeks to realize that her eyes are actually glued to the minute hand of her watch. And if her meat dish, uh, because there's no such thing as dinner without meat in Jenny's eyes, doesn't hit the table on time, she starts pacing and fidgeting. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. She knows as well as I do that this old thing was running on by grace of God and nothing more. On the way home from work last week, it started making a rattling sound like something was loose in the engine. I mentioned it to her and she merely shrugged and asked me if it got me where I needed to go. Up until now, it has. How am I going to get to work tomorrow? Dakota needs me there. It's the first Saturday that the farmer's market is open, so the shop's gonna be busy. How am I even going to get home? Not until someone comes by and I wave them down. Someone I know. Otherwise, what will I do? Get into the car with a stranger? It's okay, water. I coach myself through slow breaths, like Dr. Weimer told me to do whenever I feel panicked. You're in Sisters, Oregon. You're perfectly safe. Your truck just broke down. It's a normal thing. Can happen to anyone except I'm uh, not just anyone i'm the girl who was dropped off in an abandoned building parking lot not far from here and left for dead the low rumble in the distance like thunder and dust cloud marks the approach of a vehicle a few seconds later black paint shines in the late day sun relief slams into me i know that car it's jesse he'll recognize me he'll stop won't he with a hint of trepidation, I scurry out of the driver's seat and round the truck to stand next to the tailgate, butterflies in my stomach as I watch the car near. I don't really know this guy at all. Sure, he's Gabe and the sun, and, and sure, he waved at me once. Sure, he brought over all the firewood, and, but he's also a black sheep of the Wells family uh, up the et- entire town. The sports car comes to a stop about ten feet away its engine grumbling. I hazard a slight wave, not really a wave, more of a tentative held, hand held in the air. He kills the engine and slides out of the car, his body lean and muscular, in a pair of jeans and faded black t-shirt. Hi, uh, Jesse, right? I've never actually talked to him directly, and yet I f- it feels so natural to use his name. What are you doing out here? With my panic at being stranded and the subsequent thrill over being rescued, I temporarily forgot about my face. Now, though, standing in front of him, I casually brush my hair forward, gesturing over my shoulder with my thumb. I explain, Jenny's truck just died. Um, I don't know what happened. He smirks. You didn't run out of gas, did you? No. I mean, I don't think so. It sounds like he's teasing me. I hope I didn't do something so stupid. Then I remember stopping at the local full serve on Wednesday. No, it's at least three quarters full. So this is great. Okay. Okay. Honestly? Okay, 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 all right, all right. I like this. I like this a lot. It's... history repeating itself... from the opposite perspective. This is good. I like this. This is great. I love this. And she's like, smarter now? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. She's... It's different. It's like the same, but the same people? different places in life, and even, like, different people together. Interesting. I follow him as he moves to the front of the truck and lifts the hood, his arms straining against the weight until he has it propped open. A chill is setting with the early evening. I fold my arms across my chest to ward it off as I study Jesse from the side. Mm, study. Well, he tests various wires with the ease of an expert. I would never guess he and Amber are twins. He's definitely Sheriff Gabe's son, though with that same olive complexion, strong jaw, tiniest cleft in his chin. He really is a good looking guy, and I'm staring at him. You look like you know cars, uh, I blurt out. I know a little bit. He doesn't seem overly chatty, and yet the strange, giddy feeling inside compels me to say something. You haven't been back for a while. You noticed? <laughs> yeah, I mean... No, I, I mean... Meredith said you'd come home on weekends, but you didn't, so... And now I'm rambling. Jesse disappears behind the driver's seat door. Seconds later, I hear that clicking sound again. He reappears, pulling the prop down and letting the hood slam shut. It's your alternator. He informs me, lifting his hands to inspect them. And a dozen other things. Alternator? Uh, I don't know car speak. Is that a big deal? Um, could be worse. Jesse turns to face me, his dark eyes boring into me. I automatically turn to give him my better profile. Come on, I'll give you a ride home. He starts pulling the grocery bags out of the truck bed and carries them to his car in one arm. The muscle's cording beautifully. He uses his free hand to prop, or to pop his trunk. When I reach the passenger side, he's already standing there, holding the door open. The scent of leather and mint fills my nostrils as I slide into the passenger seat. Jesse waits for me to buckle my seatbelt before he pushes the door closed. That's rather nice and unexpected and then strolls around the front, his fingers sliding across the hood as he passes. The gesture is familiar. I'm momentarily distracted by the car's interior, the soft black ceiling, the chrome gear stick, the wide back seat that now holds two large duffel bags, but that familiarity lingers. In fact, as I reach forward to skim the dash, it's even stronger. Could this car be reminding me of some part of my life? It only intensifies when Jesse cranks the engine and the vibration reach deep into my chest. You alright? I smile. Yeah, I'm good. He shifts into first gear and the car lurches forward. I instinctively brace myself, one hand grabbing the door while I reach for the console with the other, and accidentally grab his forearm, his skin hot against my fingertips. I pull back immediately, feeling my cheeks flush. Sorry! He says nothing, throwing the car into second and then third gear, before reaching up to tune the radio. Any preference? No. No. I quickly correct. Just no trance music. Jesse swerves to avoid a pothole, tossing me back and forth a little. Mm. Sorry, uh, why not? He sounds wary. I'm not sure, honestly. How much has Jesse's family told him about me? He knows I was in the hospital, but what else does he know? Drums and guitars fill the speakers, and I I sigh with relief. I keep my eyes on the mountain range ahead as I absorb the beat, feeling Jesse's gaze flicker between the road and my face several times. Thank God he can only see my good side. You saved me a very long walk, so. Thanks. He's quiet for a moment. No problem. I keep my eyes forward until he turns into the Wells's driveway. Jenny doesn't want my car in her driveway, he explains. Or you. Yeah. Uh, she might have mentioned that before. Once or twice. Or a hundred times, I'm sure. He mutters. When we pull around to the back of the Wells's house, which they use as the front, with a giant sliding glass door off the kitchen. Sheriff Gabe is standing next to his cruiser watching us. He doesn't look happy. What would it have been like throwing your own son in jail, being told that he had stabbed another teenager? No wonder they seem to have a strained relationship. I can't imagine either has recovered completely from that experience. Jesse hops out of the car to meet his dad head-on. No fear. I thought we agreed, Sheriff Gabe says in a low, ominous tone. Ginny's truck broke down. Uh, Jenny's truck broke down, I blurt out, pushing open the heavy door, feeling like I need to jump in and protect Jesse from his father's anger. <laughs> Jesse, can I get my groceries, please? He pops the trunk and grabs the bags before I have a chance to reach for them. Where do you think you're going with those? Sheriff Gabe hollers after his son. Jesse doesn't bother stopping. You want her to carry them all by herself? I I, I can make two trips, I call out. Jesse ignores me and walks and keeps heading toward the fence. I'm forced to speed walk awkwardly to catch up. I should probably bring these up to your place he says, throwing his long legs over the wooden rails. That's fine. I I cook dinner there anyway. Except for a few... Toiletries, a bag of oatmeal, and a tub of Nutella for Jenny's daily breakfast and lunch, I would have brought it all up here. He slows, allowing me to pass and head to my stairs, which are On the backside of the garage and not visible from any part of Jenny's house. My skin begins to tingle as I lead Jesse into my apartment. If he feels at all comfortable, he doesn't let on. If he feels at all uncomfortable, he doesn't let on. Walking right in until he's standing in the very center, his eyes taking a little, taking the little that I have. Oh, like his eyes taking in the little that I have. I'll pick up a new alternator and and get the truck running again for you, he offers, setting the bags down on the floor by the fridge. You know how to fix it? I ask, grabbing a pot to fill with water for the pasta. Hoping it'll come to a boil by the time I've put the groceries away. Yeah, I think I can handle it. I glance over my shoulder to find him pulling out the blue and red plaid plaid wool blanket. I just got that, uh, I just got that today. It's so nice and warm. He finishes for me. I can see his Adam's apple bob from here. I used to have one exactly like this. Oh, well, Dakota got a dozen in this week, so you can always pick up another one. I pull out the small saucepan of pasta sauce and throw it onto the stove, fumbling with the dials. Thank you for your help with the truck. I'm sure Jenny will appreciate it, in her own unorthodox way. Cars are complicated, aren't they? All those parts to figure out? It's like science. I hazard another glance over my shoulder and find Jesse staring at me his head cocked to the side and a strange look on his face. What is it exactly? Wonder? Curiosity? His attention shifts to my scar and I duck my head back toward the stove, letting my hand fall to veil it, or hair fall to veil it. Uh, Any chance you'll be able to fix it uh, before 10 tomorrow morning? I ask half-jokingly as I stir. Got to be somewhere by then. Uh, yeah, the at the salvage yard. I work there. How do you like it? It's good. Uh, Dakota's really nice. Yes, yeah, she is. I remember her from high school. I don't know if she actually ever went to class though. She just sat up on the hill smoking weed most of the time. <laughs> I think she still does that, just not on a hill. I joke. The floor creaks with his approaching footsteps until he's standing directly behind me, setting my hair on end. How are you liking it here, water? He finally asks. It's great. The mountains, the town, your family. Even Jenny, it's all great. What must he think of me? I keep my eyes on the stove as I ask. How much do you know about what happened to me? I still get a lump in my throat when I talk about it. I don't even have to get into specifics. I know enough. Sizzle sound from the stove as water begins bubbling and spilling over. Smells good. Jesse takes a step closer and reaches around me to... Lift the lid. I glance up to catch a wistful smile touching his lips. I should go. God knows Ginny will skin me alive if she knows I'm in here. And, uh, yeah, and me too. If you're, if we're letting you in. I agree. I watch his back as he strolls out. A pang of something curling around my heart. Wondering why I reacted to his proximity like that. Wondering if it should have bothered me and wondering why it doesn't where have you been jenny's voice gets exceptionally sc- screechy when she's upset it's not pleasant hmm i check my watch i'm only two minutes late jenny come on she swats the air i don't care about dinner I've been sitting here waiting for the truck to pull up for 45 minutes. I thought something had happened to you. Oh, uh, oh. I sigh with relief, and then I smile. Jenny was worried about me. Someone is worried about me. What the hell are you so happy about? Uh, Nothing, it's just... I stifle a smile. Uh, the truck uh, broke down. It just died. Oh, she pauses, and then turns to the empty driveway, puzzled. How did you get home, then? Did Gabe come get you? I open my mouth to answer, wondering if it's better to lie. But lying to Ginny just doesn't feel right, with all she has done for me. Actually, Ginny, um, well, Jesse was driving by, so he gave me a ride. The way Jenny gasps, you'd think someone had just informed her that a loved one had died in a fiery plane crash. And I start to think I should have lied. I knew I heard that car of his. He's going to fix your truck and bring it back for us, Jenny. He was really nice to me. I can hear her teeth grind against each other. I told you to stay away from that damn boy. He's trouble. Would you rather I be walking home alone right now, carrying all those bags? You could have called Gabe and Amber. My phone died. What was the point of having a phone then, huh? She barks. Look, he was really nice. Ginny, he was really nice. And he's going to fix the truck for us. I repeat calmly adding a, a smile. That's how I've noticed Meredith deals with her. I think it's the only way to deal with Ginny. I'm guessing it wouldn't be cheap to fix and tow to a mechanic. I know I can't afford to fix the truck on my nine dollars an hour cash wage. From what Meredith had said, Ginny lives on a modest monthly budget thanks to an inheritance from her parents and her quote sales. No. I suppose not," she mutters, scooping up some of the pasta. The words carry their usual snip, but there's no heat in them anymore. She allows me to ladle, uh, ladle the sauce onto her plate, though her fingers twitch the entire time. I don't want to see him on my—I don't want to see him on my property. I nod. There are some things Jinny's better off not knowing. She didn't see him on her property anyway, so technically it's okay. Wanting to steer away from the topic, I say. So I met Chuck Fanshaw today. He said to tell you hi from his family. Oh, I'll bet he did, she grumbles. His grandfather showed up here a month ago, a month after Papa died. Trying to scam me out of this place, chased him away. My gaze shifts to the straw broom resting by the door. She was 10 seconds away from... ah, She was 10 seconds away from swatting the cable guy with it. That day he arrived to hook up my cable. I know it's not just a figure of speech for Jenny, though I know I'm going to regret this. I bring it up anyway. He mentioned, um, boarding horses in the barn. Have you ever considered that? and of people trapsing around all over my property. Over my dead body. She shovels a mouthful of pasta into her mouth. I shrug. You'd also have horses running in the corrals. Wouldn't that be nice to see? I get a harumph in response. But it's better than a litany of cursing, so I leave it alone. What else did the little Fenshaw say? Her reference to Chuck being little makes me smile. He's at least six feet tall and 200 pounds. Well, basically, uh, that I should swindle you out of your vast fortune by getting on your good side. Her hand freezes midway to her mouth for one, two, three seconds, and then Jiddy does something I've never seen her do before. She starts to laugh. We eat for the rest of... We eat the rest of our dinner in comfortable silence with no more mention of that quote-unquote damn boy next door. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Okay. I actually didn't mind that. That was pretty good. We're, we're getting through there. We're, we're, get, we're getting... We're getting... We're getting... We're getting somewhere. Alright. This uh this is an awful show, but... uh. <laughs> you know what maybe it's the show you know maybe I'm just not giving enough credit like you know you don't send a movie critic to review um you know the architecture you know something like that alright everyone uh whoever is listening to this mom Go to bed. All right, bye.